Hey dude, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> just didn't feel like doing the phone call thing this week. <laughs> is that okay? Do you think people are do you think people are over it? This season of good is sponsored by Kessler Crane, manufacturers of innovative tools for filmmakers. Make sure to check out KesslerCrane.com. That's K-E-S-S-L-E-R-C-R-A-N-E.com for more info. This season of good is also sponsored by Musicbed. Musicbed has been changing the game when it comes to music licensing for filmmakers through curating the best indie music in the world. We personally use them all the time, so make sure you do too. For more info, check out Musicbed.com. Now here's the show. Hey everyone, my name is Jared Hogan. And I'm Christian Schultz. And this is Good. Um, so what's up? Um, man, I'm sitting here in front of my computer. It's nine o'clock yeah. um, in the evening. And I'm trying to decide if I should buy David Blaine tickets. We talked about this, and I'm fully in support of buying. What is tickets. your opinion of David Blaine? Um, I think that's kind of the whole thing. Is I don't know. It's like crazy dark magic, but I'm yeah. I'm like, I'm obsessed with it. I feel like a lot of people. There's no like uh, either you hate them or you love them. I feel like everybody's like a bit confused, and, but like, yeah. uh, but intrigued, right? Like a good confused. We're like, ah. What do you think he'd be able... What if we got him on the podcast? Like, what would he... I'm sure he's got, like, just audio tricks. (laughs) (laughs) Like snakes are going to kind of come out of our headphones or something like that. What would you ask David Blaine? Um, Man. I mean, you know, like, the obvious thing that I would want to ask, but I never would, is like, how did did you do that? But... (laughs) I, uh, such an amateur question. I know, I know. But what do you ask a magician? Same thing you would ask anybody, man. They're humans. Oh my gosh. They're artists, you know? <laughs> They're just trying to get by one day at a time. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a fun existence, though, being a <laughs> magician. Yeah. Some people would say, uh, that everybody is a magician. Okay. But he's got to be. There's got to be some some dark stuff swirling around David Blaine, though, right? Yeah. The one thing that I really love about David Blaine and why I think everybody loves David Blaine just a little bit, even if you don't like magic, you still like David Blaine, uh, is because he's not uh, – <laughs> what's the guy's name? I'm going to make this sound like a um, – the, the guy that everybody hates. David Copperfield? Alec, no, Angel, Angel, Alec Angels. Alex Angel. What is it? You have to look it up. Just look up Magician Angel. <laughs> Mike, I'm weird. Uh, Chris Angel. Okay. Uh, because he's not Chris Angel. Yeah. That's all I'd say. And because he looks. Angel <laughs> Mind Freak. Sorry. Mind Freak. <laughs> and David <laughs> Blaine may or, not, may or may not be Elliot Roush. <laughs> They do look very similar. 
now that yeah. I think about it. Yeah, they're probably brothers. Yeah. But anyways, um, we got a great show for you guys. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I wouldn't know. I actually haven't heard it. <laughs> Jared um, could not make this interview, but I and could I, make it. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's really all that counts. Um, I'm just kidding, Jared. Buddy, I'm sorry. That was I was wrong. I will step to go on. Um, but it's a very good interview uh, done by myself, not Jared. Jared wasn't there. <laughs> it's a very good um, interview done by me. <laughs> I did well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but by a cinematographer named Stuart Weinkoff, uh, half of a company called All Expanded. He's done a ton of films. Uh, that you've probably seen and didn't know who shot, but now you will. And um, let me yeah, ask talk you about a lot of things. Did Did you ask him at the end of the interview if he thought it was good? No. Are we done with I that? Didn't. That was that yes, was some feedback I got on Twitter. Um, we're on, we're I, on to I'll, the phone I'll call. You, I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you why for people who are wondering. It was never a decision that we made. I think that. Um, the less we started interviewing our friends and the more we started interviewing people that are like really good at what they do. Yes. <laughs> um, the less comfortable <laughs> I became. Our friends aren't good at what they do. No, no, no. But you know what I'm saying? Like it was like a people that we didn't know. And then we'd end it with like right. this kind of awkward interaction. And it was like, we just wanted, you know, we were, we wanted to land the plane a little bit more smoothly, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> As we carried on. So, Right. Um, Not everybody's down for an inside joke. Let's just yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one, uh, yeah, no, it, it was good in my opinion, but uh, I guess we'll never know if Stuart thought that it was, though. Yeah. Because he didn't ask him. If he, maybe if he retweets or something, then we'll know. Okay. I don't know. Let's do it. Yeah. Here's the interview with Stuart Weinkoff. Dude, so I don't know anything really about you. I know we've chatted on email and, and whatever, but um, where do you – I know you live in New York. I do, currently. yeah. yeah. And then, but where are you from? Um, I was born and raised in a, uh, a small town about an hour and a half north of L.A. called Ojai, California. Ojai. Um, yeah, it's like a small little hippie town. Um, I was born and raised there till I was about 18. And then when I was 18, I decided to move to New York. Uh, my older brother was there and he he got there about seven years before me. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and I made the jump to go to school out there. Um, and I not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, and so I just kind of stub- studied liberal arts for the first year I was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I transferred into the film program after my first year because I had taken all of my uh, elective credits in photography. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't really justify a photography. Uh, the tuition at the school was quite expensive and I couldn't quite right. justify uh, that expense on a photography education. I don't know why, not, not to kind of... Um, you know, nothing, not that there's anything wrong with photography education. I just, I right. somehow uh, could justify the, the expense more towards film. Um, yeah. And so that's how I kind of stumbled into cinematography. Um, I didn't really, I, it kind of started from a, a love and a joy of photography. Do you still uh, shoot photos? I do. Yeah. Not as much as I'd really like to. Yeah. Um, 
I not as much as I like to. My boyfriend is a photographer, which is really inspiring. Yeah. Um, What's his name? So his name's Eric Yakey. But uh, anyways, he um, he's a photographer, and and uh, I get to I get to be around him when he shoots, and that that's, that's been amazing. really inspiring. And and uh, he's a he does mostly fashion stuff, and that, and that's really what has always kind of inspired me. Um, I think secretly I'm, I'm meant not to be a cinematographer and I'm meant to be a, a, a fashion photographer. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. So when you do get to shoot photos, what do you like to shoot on? Uh, I just bought a Contact 645, mm. um, and that is, is, is beastly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been awesome. Um, I'm trying to um, slowly buy a Mamiya 7. Oh, nice. And because the the lenses are actually just as expensive as the camera, so I'm trying to. I just bought the lens, uh, like a, a specific lens that I want, but now I'm trying to actually yeah. find a, a deal on on the, the camera body. Pot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. But yeah. Uh, but I'm right nice. there with you, man. I, yeah. It's um. I don't think I've I've tried. You know, I've bought like DSLRs and stuff in the past, but just I always end up going back to shooting medium shooting format film. 35 yeah. or something you know yeah, i just don't totally. know why yeah i think totally. i like the I, I like the fact that i can't see it you know what i mean yeah absolutely that's that's part of it yeah and then also knowing how much money you will spend on those photographs right <laughs> it makes everything <laughs> for me it was really important. like i spent my first year of college just like in basically the whole year in the dark room mm-hmm. um and really what it was is it wasn't even about money. It was like knowing how much time each photograph was going to take you afterwards. Right. <laughs> going to, the, to, right. Like, to get a good print, you're going to have to spend hour upon hour to get a good print. And so it was around, right. you know, you wouldn't take the picture unless you know it was worth, you know, two and a half, three hours of your time to make sure you got a good print right. of it. Um, Do you feel like you ever brought any of that mentality when you first started uh, doing film? Like in the know, cinematography side? Yeah. I don't really think I did. I, th- I think really the only thing that, that maybe carried on or carried through into cinematography was, um, it was it's, it's funny, when I, was, uh, when I would shoot photos early on, I would just kind of like move around as much as possible until I found right. the frame. Right. Um, and, I, you know, the cameras were so, are so small, obviously, you can just move as much as you want. And I think I, I kind of did that almost um, so much that it was like to a fault. Uh, when it came to cinematography is when when I first started doing that I, w- I would mostly do really handheld stuff and and I wasn't actually ever looking at the motion I was more looking at um, how could I find the next frame like right. almost constantly looking at it like it was a still photograph and how could I move from one frame to the next and the in-between didn't even really matter um, and I, I had to it wasn't until actually a certain director um, that I worked with uh, this guy Clayton Vimero, who's a good friend of mine, that he kind of told me that um, I needed to stop moving so much and figure yeah. out how to how to find the in between moments, um, and that's that's something I'm I think I'm still learning. Yeah, from what I gather, your relationship with your brother is kind of a pretty big one, uh, especially yeah. in your career and stuff, right? Um, yeah, I'm just wondering how did that uh, kind of progress from? You said he was already in New York. Uh, was he doing film at the time? Did you kind of seem to just follow along with what he was doing in a way? You know, it's funny. He was not doing film. Um, he he kind of, he's always been an incredibly creative person. Um, 
he never found his outlet really um, mm-hmm. to be creative when, until um, his late 20s. But he, you know, when I moved to New York, he was doing like all sorts of random odd jobs. Uh, he was like, you know, uh, working at this construction company who was like putting lighting in New York staircases and then he was working at a weird ad agency and then he was throwing underground boxing matches and then he was he was just like a weird I don't know anyways he did a bunch (laughs) of stuff um did you ever get to go to an underground boxing match I did yeah when I was a sophomore at NYU I um my my uh document I was taking a documentary course and um, oh my my final documentary project was about his underground boxing matches. Um, yeah, kind of. Ridiculous. When I think about this, it sounds a lot like Fight Club. Is that not what it is? It was kind of like Fight Club, except for uh, it wasn't bare knuckle. It was. Um, it was. Uh, they had gloves, but yeah, I mean, we would we would go, and he would uh, like uh, pick a random warehouse space in New York, and and. Uh, <laughs> They'd build a ring out of plywood, and and he'd sell uh, tickets. And they'd sell tickets, yeah. And the, the biggest one had about when I was a sophomore. The biggest one was about fourteen hundred or fourteen hundred people. Oh my god! Um, and it was all like twenty bucks a pop to get in. Was and this legal in any way? No, not at all. The cops raided a couple of them, and I remember <laughs> one of them they raided. He just like grabbed the backpack full of money and like handed it to me and I was like an 18 year old kid who had to like walk out with the crowd with a backpack full of like uh anyways I don't where was I in my my relationship with my brother yeah so it started out he you know there and he was kind of my introduction to New York and to a whole kind of uh world there um and and uh and we'd always been really close but I was uh when I was a senior, I was about to graduate. He decided that he wanted to um, quit his job and start a film production company with me, which was hmm. totally random, uh, both for him and, and also kind of for me. I had no idea what I was going to do after graduation, but for some reason it seemed like it was the right thing to do. And so I quit my job at a restaurant <laughs> and, yeah. I, uh, and we started this production company and we worked out of the Bowery Hotel for about the first six, maybe like five to six months. Um, we would meet there with, with our other partners and we'd, we'd, you know, like seven days a week just work out of the lobby of the Bowery Hotel until we yeah. got our first office. And, and, you know, he really just decided he wanted to be a director and, and, uh, and somehow he convinced people to let us shoot things for them. Um, and I don't like they they believed us that we could do it, even though we had no work to prove for it. Right. Uh, and and we did. And so we kind of started there. We did a few kind of small music videos and uh, one like short film that we put all our money into, um, which ended up total ended up totally weird and um, strange, but. But, uh, yeah, we, we just started from there. And then, you know, I really, I owe so much of what I, um, have been given to, uh, to him, uh, cause he really has sold me or, you know, in the beginning he really was pushing me so much, um, until the point where I grew enough to be able to get an agent and, 
right. and start working on my own. And so the, the company that you guys started is it's still called all, expanded. all expanded. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's still and it's still running. Um, he's now he's now signed to Epoch as a director. Um, okay. But the company is still is still up and running, which is yeah. really really awesome. Even though um, I've kind of taken a step back because. Uh, my freelance career has been going going pretty well, and so yeah, um, yeah, but but it's uh, it's still like an amazing thing to be a part of. Yeah, what would you say? Um, a little bit of advice, I guess. Of um, I've always wondered the projects when when people are just starting production companies, like the projects that you take, um, and especially like the financial side of those projects. Like, when is it okay? to, um, you know, in your opinion, maybe you don't know the answer, but when is it okay to put all of your, you know, eggs in a basket and just not take any money? And you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what, what is that project? You, I mean, to be honest, it's, it, for us, it was, it was every single project we chose to, to take on. Yeah. Um, for about, I'd say for about a year and a half, every single project we, we decided to do, we did purely based on on our uh, passion for it and a passion for trying to make something uh, genuine and authentic and true to us and and because of that it seemed only right to dump all of our money into it until right. you know so we didn't make any money whatsoever <laughs> we really definitely yeah. we made negative dollars probably um, right. the first year and a half just because we were we were dumping you know we, we'd get a budget for something and we'd want to make it so good and so grand right. that we'd really put every single um, dollar that was given into the project um, yeah. what do you think was the um, outcome in your opinion of that uh, you know I I think I don't know I mean it, it's tough to say I think really what it was is that we were we were uh you know, we were just trying to make the best stuff that we could. Um, and right. I think that that, because of that, it was, it was, you know, it was recognized and, and then, you know, we ended up getting our first Vimeo staff pick or whatever, you know, which really helped, helped kind of broaden the network. And, um, right. I think people just recognized that we were, we were really, um, you know, trying to make the best work that we could. And, yeah. and really, honestly, some of the some of my favorite work we've I've ever done was the was the projects where I only had like, what you know, money enough for a camera package, and that was it. Right, right. How do you, um, you know, even still today, I'm sure the projects that you're working on now have kind of gone up in scale. You know, or yeah, I'm sure they vary from project to project, but um, from that kind of. I won't, I won't say run and gun kind of scenario, but a little bit more like grassroots scenario of just like trying to make something right. work. Have yeah. you continued that or do you kind of go yeah. with the flow of, you know, let, let's get some condors and some 12Ks because we can kind of thing? Um, to or be you, honest, I think, kind of... I, still, I think I still have no idea what I'm doing. Really, I think, <laughs> good, I think you, you know you like get these. You like all of a sudden you start shooting commercials where they have all these budgets for things, and and you know you walk on set and the gaffer is you know twice your age or uh, you know and he, he walks on and says oh, so should we put a condor over there and you you know your only reaction <laughs> is like okay <laughs> sure right, yeah right, we right. should like I don't you know what's that gonna do cool I guess we'll do that you know um, <laughs> no I, I'm you know. I think that's that's how at first it, it started, and now I, I've kind of um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I think I've made enough mistakes to to learn a little bit about how I I like to do things and um uh, yeah, but I th- I do. I th- I think, you know, at the heart of what I do, there's still always a kind of um run and gun nature and I think right. you know, it's hard you you really try your best not to overly um complicate things. Uh I've definitely made the mistake before of of just because there's a big crew and there's lots of money and there's a big client trying to, uh, put lights everywhere. Right. Right. (laughs) And it's sometimes not, not even really necessary. Um, but you, you feel like, you know, everyone's just going to stand there if you don't tell them to do, you know, to do something. (laughs) Well, what do you think? Um, I guess kind of to add to that, like, what do you think informs your cinematography now the most? Huh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think it's, that's, that's a hard one. Um, I think it's hard because you're, like lately I've almost been trying to take a step back. Um, and, and that's really a question that I've been asking myself. And, you know, especially nowadays, you're so inundated with images and all you see is like this constant stream of image after image after image that everything starts to kind of lose its value and you become desensitized. And I, I, you know, I think that's something that I've struggled with recently is, is figuring out how to take a step back from that and, and figure out what, what is it that I actually do find inspiring? Um, because, you know, I, I think you start to, I think it's only habit when you start to see things that you like that you try to kind of regurgitate things. Right, right. And I think, you know, you see a lot of, especially young DPs, you know, people people like me or, you know, around my age, we always, you know, are constantly striving to, to live up to these greater DPs who are slightly older than us. Um, and because of that, we, we regurgitate. Um, we like regurgitate lighting setups or frames or different things. And, and, you know, I, I think I've started to realize that, um, I, I need to take a step back and go back to the roots of what was actually inspiring in the first place, um, Hmm. for me as a kid. And, and to me, that was really, um, it's interesting. It was, it was more of a human connection that, I that always, um, drove my work was was kind of this connection between a, a subject and the viewer through the viewfinder um and where the, the kind of spark can happen there yeah. um and that's that's really what i'm trying to go back to um and figure out <laughs> yeah have yeah. you uh do you remember like one of the first times maybe that you kind of understood that uh that that spark was happening or that it could happen yeah, I do. I um, I definitely do. To be honest, it's been a really long time, uh, which is which is a bummer. But I, I definitely remember it, and I I, I remember I wrote my college essay about it, um, <laughs> and it was uh, it was a I was in high school, and I had um, I had a friend of mine who was uh, very close to me. She was like my sister and I used to take her out and we would just take photographs and we would, she had an amazing fashion sense and she was unbelievably stunning. And she ended up doing a little bit of modeling later on, but I would just take these photographs of her and we would just go out. And I remember the 
this kind of connection that I had, even though I wasn't attracted to the female form, um, in a sexual sense, I remember the, the, um, the, something about the kind of sinuous lines of a female figure, um, really, um, inspiring me. And that was kind of the first, first time I felt that connection, um, through the viewfinder. Yeah. So how do you, you know, feeling like, uh, that's something that you're kind of striving for now, do you find yourself trying to like practically make decisions to, to get there now? You know, or do you, I don't do you think feel I've like this kind far. of, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's I've, still I, mystical in a way. It's still mystical. And I also, I think that I, I'm, I'm still kind of trying to go back and find it. And now, you know, it's get, it gets harder and harder because you don't, you know, as, as soon as you start doing bigger and bigger or more and more commercial work, I should say, you, um, you know, you don't, you as a DP, and it's something that I've had to learn is that I don't have control of what I'm shooting always, you know, um, yeah. only to a certain extent. And so you have to give up a lot of control, um, in that sense. And so, um, it, what I'm trying to figure out is how to, how to kind of adapt that, um, that kind of feeling into what any kind of situation, um, which isn't easy. It's just, it's a struggle. Um, but you know, it's something that I, I'm, trying to work out still. Yeah. Have you, uh, found that a certain relationship with a director, um, has kind of brought you closer to that? Yeah. Or further away in some senses? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, that's the thing. One thing I feel like I've really learned is that as a DP, you're only just kind of, you're only as good as the director, you know, in a weird way. Like you, you, uh, you know, so, when you get to work with someone who really inspires you or, or kind of shares a similar vision, it's like you, there's, there's no really describing the way that feels. Um, and yeah, there's definitely been directors who, who I've, I've, uh, who've made me feel that way. Um, my brother is one of them for sure. Uh, just cause it's such, such a kind of creative process, collaborative process. Um, my friend Clayton Vimiro, who's a, who's a wonderful director, um, he definitely makes me feel that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think that is that, uh, directors, you know, that you kind of share that, um, view or perspective of things? Like, what do you, what do you think that is? Like, what do they do differently or see differently or speak differently? It's kind of, um, it's kind of an intangible thing, isn't it? You know, it's like, it's, it's hard to really describe. It's, it's like, um, it's like, I don't know. It's like, it's like trying to describe why you're attracted to one thing and not another, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's an intangible kind of magic that they possess, I think. Um, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. I don't really know how else to describe it. This season of Good is sponsored by Musicbed.
Musicbed has the world's best indie composers for every type of film, for any mood or style. They have veteran composers like Tony Anderson and Ryan Talbert, and up-and-coming composers like On Earth and Analog Heart. You can use their search filters to pair cinematic tracks with certain moods, from happy and carefree to somber and eerie. Start exploring their cinematic tracks at musicbed.com. Right now, they're offering 20% off your next license. Just enter promo code GOOD at checkout. For more than a decade, Kessler Crane has been designing and manufacturing innovative tools for filmmakers, including camera cranes, jibs, motion control systems, sliders, dollies, tripods, and other camera accessories. They also have a commitment to making products in the USA. For more info, go to KesslerCrane.com good. That's K-E-S-S-L-E-R-C-R-A-N-E dot com slash good. Also enter the code GOODPODCAST during checkout. Save 10% off your entire order. Now, let's get back to the show. Dude, so we share a, 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 um, a mutual friend named Dan Stewart. Yeah, of um, course. Who you've worked with uh, yeah. as a co-DP on some stuff. But yeah. um, I, I noticed something just looking through your, your work uh, today and yesterday, but there's maybe not like a ton, but there's quite a few projects where you have multiple DPs on a single thing. Yeah. Um, can you describe like what's the circumstance for that? And like, how does that work out with, you know, someone like you and Dan? Yeah, Dan. Well, so, I mean, just to start, I feel like I, the, the first DP who I ever kind of collaborated with was my friend Jake Sainer, who, was, who went to school okay. with me. Um, and we like, I, I don't know, there's like a certain thing. I, I think it's hard for a lot of people to kind of grasp that idea because I think, um, DPs, uh, oftentimes, um, have a difficult time letting go of control like that. Yeah. Um, but, but anyways, Jake and I went to school together and, and we, uh, when my brother and I were first starting the company, um, we would we would collaborate on projects together um and we just uh and it was amazing you know like being able to i i, I honestly to be honest i feel like i still know nothing so to be able to like actually <laughs> work with someone who um you can bounce ideas back and forth with and they can come up with other things and um is is like an amazing thing and if you can let go of your ego enough to be able to do that it, it you'll learn so much and you know right. like i i didn't start um I didn't start being a DP a similar way a lot of people did where they, you know, start out as a loader and then they, um, right. go move to a first and then they, you know, they get all this experience where they get to see these DPs, these amazing DPs work. Um, I never really had that. So I feel like I still, you know, I, I feel like I keep saying it, but I still actually don't really know fully what I'm doing. Sure. Um, and I think, you know, so yeah, there, there have been times even, uh, more recently where I, I've kind of done, had to been, a, a, you know, a second DP on a project. Um, I was just, you know, it's interesting. Like my brother was just shooting these, these new balance projects with a, a DP named Ben Loeb. Do you, do you know him? Yeah. 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 Uh, anyways, Ben's like an amazing human right. being, one of my favorite people. Um, and he, you know, he like brought me out. They were shooting in New York one day and I was free um, and Ben asked me if I would come and shoot second camera. And so the whole time I was just shooting there with him and it was like the most fun I've had on set in a long time. Yeah. Know? Um, I'm trying to think of other, other projects where I've had two DPs. 
there is there's like the um designer music video um yeah but that actually wasn't that i I can't really take credit for that video um because <laughs> it was it wasn't really there was two dps for a different reason um there was two dps because uh there was some i you know it was a crazy crazy job um and uh they needed to shoot some more stuff after having shot gotcha. um, and and so i uh, paul gusenbach brought me on to shoot um shoot some more stuff for it and and uh yeah so i really i, I have to give most of the credit for that video to daniel Paquette, who's a yeah. brilliant brilliant dp um yeah yeah so it's uh it's not so much of a um it feels it feels like it would be sort of uh I don't know if awkward is the right word, but like <laughs> especially if it's not you know, obviously it would be something that would right. be like your decision to like yeah. for it to happen. But yeah. Um but yeah, is is there any kind of uh strangeness that you've kind of fallen into? And obviously every project is different, you know. Yeah, I mean to be but, honest, I haven't done it in a while, but I feel like it's it's uh no, it doesn't to me, it's just fun, you know. It's right, like getting right. to getting to um, have another mind because filmmaking is fucking hard, you right, know. Right. It's like yeah. you get on set and you could absolutely use another person, <laughs> you know, who's like sitting there who like can help you out, you know. Yeah. Um, I w- I so I like still wish that on most projects I could have another DP there with me, but uh, right. but that doesn't get to happen. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you um. You know, I, not that you're, I think it's rather interesting that, you know, your first kind of instinct is to acknowledge that you, your knowledge is not, you know, super vast, you know, as far as cinematography. I think that's, um, you know, I think being humble in that way is, is really interesting and like kind of, you know, inspiring a little bit, but like, do you feel like that ever, or has it ever come out? in a on a set form and like have you ever had to kind of retreat to you know the bathroom or something like that has there ever been a a situation (laughs) where you kind of felt just completely overwhelmed and and you know what I mean um yeah I mean not really um I think when you you know when you get on set oftentimes you you have to put on your your kind of game face um and you have to you have to go at it and a lot of times you you know like so a lot of times, to be honest, when I when I first started kind of doing bigger commercial work, I would just make a decision just to have made a decision. Right. You know. Right. Um, that's like kind of what you you like have to do. You have all these people. You like stand there on the tech scout. I remember like one of the first big uh, union jobs that I did was in London. Um, this it was a commercial for Smirnoff, and I remember getting there and, and realizing that there was like. 50 people on the call sheet, you know, or like whatever it was, like a hundred people, um, including talent, you know? And, and, and so you get, I got to the tech scout and there's like 20 people standing around and, you know, like the whole agency was there all the client was there. And you would just, I just make decisions because you have to make a decision. Um, and in a way that's like how I've learned, you know, like I've made enough mistakes to, to kind of feel comfortable about the decisions that I do have to make. Right. Um, but no, I, I don't think I've ever re- retreated to the bathroom. Um, yeah. To, to, yeah, there have been some definitely tense moments, but uh, but no, never retreated to the bathroom. Yeah, 
Yeah. I only say that because I, I remember hearing a, um, I think it was Sean Bobbitt who did an interview, and he said, uh, I think someone asked him that question. He's like, what if you don't know what to do? <laughs> and he said, anytime that I don't know what to do, I just go I go to the toilet. Yeah, I should then, try doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably just make like, less I, mistakes if I just like went to the toilet and thought about yeah. my decisions for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because no one's going to bother you. you yeah, know it's true. Like, bro, yeah. I'm in the bathroom. Yeah, I know, exactly. Some, yeah. I don't know. You'd be yeah. surprised. Maybe they'd bother you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I just want to ask kind of a series of kind of shorter, almost yes or no questions. Yeah, dude. Just Go for it. I'm probably yeah. much better at those. <laughs> Okay, number one, have you ever been fired from a job? I've never. That would be so unbelievably horrible. <laughs> no, I've never been fired from a job. <laughs> um, okay. Have you ever, uh, what's your biggest pet peeve on set? Uh, biggest pet peeve? To be honest, I'm like a relatively, uh, I'm a relatively easygoing guy. I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not like a screamer and I, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty easygoing. <laughs> Um, what's the biggest pet peeve? That's like, I have to feel like I have to think about that. Um, I guess my biggest pet peeve is, you know, like I, I when, all right. I mean, I don't know if this is necessarily a pet peeve or it's just me being huh. weird, but you know, I, I think people really don't always understand the importance of, um, what you put in front of the camera. <laughs> I know that sounds stupid, but, um, you know, like people so oftentimes don't really understand that the production design and the wardrobe right. are, and the, even the talent, are like, but especially production design and wardrobe are like some of the most important things. And when, when people don't really understand that or they are like, you know, don't, that, that, so that can be a bit, big pet peeve for me. Right. Because that, I mean, that can be the difference between night and day when you have a good production designer who can just make something um you know unbelievably beautiful that 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 just changes the game yeah it makes your That's life true. so much easier yeah. yeah okay have you uh have you ever broken anything of importance like a camera <laughs> or a lens Some, something yeah oh god no i no, feel like ask me, ask me questions in like five years and i'll be like That's yeah true. i've definitely fired i've <laughs> definitely broken a lens I'm literally no, just sitting I, here thinking of like, what are the, is the absolute worst things that happened to me? And I want to share, see if we have any similarities. Worst but things I, that have happened. Have you broken a camera? Oh yeah, dude. Oh no. I mean, I mean, not in, not in like, I haven't told, like, uh, I haven't like totaled a camera. Right. You know what I mean? It's very yeah. hard to like total yeah. cameras. I'm actually days. really surprised that I haven't done that. I've done right. very, very close very questionable things with cameras. Um, <laughs> oftentimes making ACs really upset. That's my biggest pet peeve, to be honest, actually, is an AC who, who like, just is complains. not, it just complains and is not down to, yeah. for the cause. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a big pet peeve. Cause that's the person who's like in your ear all day long. So if you just have a complainer right. in your ear all day long, that's a pretty big <laughs> pet peeve. We were talking to, uh, I don't know if you listened to it, but the first episode of this season, we talked to James Laxton who DP'd the, um, the movie Moonlight. Yeah. And he had one of the best, we asked him the same question and he said, uh, which I just related to really, uh, a lot because it's probably maybe cause it's just my, biggest pet peeve as well but he said just chatter like people just talking mm. and i was like yeah like, and i was on a set recently uh directing something and 
and I like there was just a uh, the same group of people all day just like setting things up and just like yelling at each other like you know obviously like you want to keep the set like nice and light and like people be able to have fun and whatever but it's just like I remember uh yeah I didn't like actually I didn't like yeah just just I just kicked everybody out I was like yo get out thanks see ya yeah I actually like have a a a voice that really carries so when (laughs) you you don't have aren't able to do that I I like that's the only time I I become a yeller is that you just go everyone quiet <laughs> like, i can <laughs> you just have a certain frequency i have a certain frequency that can really carry yeah yeah okay when do you um this is something i wanted to ask you but how, how do you determine uh to say no to a project yeah that's a good question i've uh, I forget or when who... is the last time that you said no was it recently uh yeah i yeah it was, um, I say no, you know, a lot of times I think my agent doesn't necessarily filter everything that comes through. Um, so, uh, so yeah, there are, there are times where where you have to say no, but you know, I think what I really do, I, I, it took me a while because it, it was always this, like the first year of having an agent, it was like this constant struggle and I would get so stressed out about it where you like try to figure out if you're going to do a project or not do a project. And I forget right. who it was that told me this, but but it was a, it's a formula that I basically use every single time now. Um, which there's kind of three things to con- to consider when when there's a project coming up. Um, the first is the director, uh, the second's the creative, and the third, which we all need, is the money. <laughs> right. Um, and it kind of usually has to have like two of the three things. Um, right. And if it I has heard the two exact same the thing things, from. From Khalid. I don't know if you got it from the same. Oh, did you? You know what? It might have been Khalid who told me that, actually. Okay. Um, Yeah, (laughs) it might have been. He's got Um, this slogan. He's just trying to, he's trying to make t-shirts. That's what he's trying to do. I think I I remember Khalid was on the couch at All Expanded like two years ago. And I remember, I'm pretty (laughs) sure he's the one who told me that. Yeah. Um, But it's, it's really, really true. It's like a, um, it really helps the situation because then it kind of, you know, everything makes more sense when there's like a little bit of math involved, like just right. enough math that a DP can handle it. You're like <laughs> two, two of those three things. Right. <laughs> um, and it, you know, ideally every once in a while you get something that's three of those things right. and you're like stoked. Um, but that, that doesn't happen that often. Man, sometimes it's hard, man. Yeah. Like sometimes it's, it is. Um, it's really hard. I think that's something, um, at least this year that I want to, become better at and i don't know uh, you know a lot there's different reasons but one is i have you know a baby coming in two weeks or something oh my god congratulations thank you and like you know i obviously i don't even live in new york especially if if i lived in new york i don't know if i would it would be uh very easy for me to um you know say no to something also because i like i try and something i feel like i'm pretty good at is going into a bad situation and making it better so my like instinct for like a bad creative is to say like hey like this is this is great but what if we do it this way and then they're like ah and then but not all that doesn't always happen you know a lot of times there's an agency that's been on a project for six months longer than you have you know and and they're um so i think you know what do you feel like, um, other than the three things, 
um, what are those th those things that kind of um, how do you s stray away from um, you know, projects. obviously, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, but I think it's more about, I think, I don't want to ask directly about money, but I think right. it's like important. And I think a lot of people would relate to the idea that like, you know, no, some money is better than no money. And, you know, yeah. I also like want to know like your thought about like doing commercial work yeah. because I, I hear the same thing. Oh, you're, you know, you're getting paid a lot of money to practice and you don't even have to like it. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. your name's not going to be on it. It's no, right. no credits or anything. Right. Uh, what is your opinion on that? You know, I, it's really, I, I mean, I'm kind of, you're asking me this, this question at an interesting time because I've, I, I'm just starting to kind of hit the mark where I've done, where I've been doing that, doing commercial work right. for about the last year. I, I kind of almost totally have, have been just, sucking it up and doing commercial work. Um, right. And, and a, when I was starting it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. I'm going to be paid lots of money and I'm going to get to do what I want to do and I'm going right. to make beautiful things. And, and now I kind of am a year into it and I've realized that, uh, you know, like I, you know, I made commercial rates, but I actually haven't been making the things that I want to make. Um, Interesting. And, and I think that's like a, a, a really big learning lesson that I'm just now starting to hit. Um, and, and I, and so that's, I guess that's kind of my take on it is that, is that right now I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's something that everyone always talks about is finding this balance between work right. that makes you really inspired and work that gives you money. Um, and I'm just now kind of starting to hit this mark where I don't ever want to do a commercial ever again. <laughs> and I only want to do work that inspires me because, you know, right. it's been a while. Um, yeah. yeah. So what do you do? Uh, but I mean, it's, but you know, for you, it's interesting because you were talking about you, like what you and you're trying to choose a job. And I honestly think directors have it so much harder than we do. You know, it's like I, 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 I can kind of I can kind of think of this formula that's really easy because the project's out there and right. I can just be like, oh, it's the money, it's the creative, it's the director. But you <laughs> don't have all those three things. What you have is just the creative and the money. Right. right. So you have to kind of balance between these two things. And um, a lot of times you're, um, you know, obviously not discounting anything that a, a cinematographer brings, but a lot of times uh i'm like living with the project a lot longer than than somebody yeah. that would come in to shoot yeah. you know and there's Absolutely. like you know there's a little bit of a um i, I don't know I, yeah I mean, it's not no. it's not crazy different but it's definitely just like it's a different um you know because i tried to as soon as khalid told me that maybe like a year ago or something i'm like man that's like some super wise wise like sage shit you know like let me <laughs> let me take that and do it and then i tried i keep and i still continue to try and do it and i think it right. works to a certain extent but right there's so many times where uh the coolness of a creative is definitely based on myself right you know for yeah, everybody else absolutely. to make the decision yeah um, but you know what's you know the fucked up part about it where? is that you as a director this is like i don't i don't i'll never understand this you constantly have to sell yourself like you can't let your work speak speak for itself, and like right, right. you'll you'll basically you know, like you're bidding on a job, then you'll win that job, 
or you know you'll win that job because they liked your they like your past work and they liked your creative but ba- even after that after the job is won anytime you have a new idea about something or you want to change the creative right. or you have something you have to sell yourself over yeah. and over and over and over again and i just like that to me i just don't you know that's why i say we have it so much easier as dps is that we don't actually have to do that you know right. we come in and and we were hired purely based on our work. Oftentimes they don't even kind of have talked to us beforehand. Right. Um, and then, you know, it's like, I don't have when the only person who I have to sell an idea to, if I have one is, is the director. Right. Um, and most of the time I've already, made just, my, I've already made up my mind whether I like you or not. Yeah, exactly. Um, Cause we've already <laughs> talked like this. Yeah, you know, exactly. You've already, you've already, you know, yeah. if I ever use a, like a, uh, DP that I've never like worked with before on any level um it would be for like some strange obscure job that i don't really seem to care yeah. about you know what right. i mean absolutely but um yeah yeah i don't know if true. it's the same uh yeah i always like always like to say like i look at dps just as much as or somebody said i, I forget who we we're talking to but it was a cinematographer and he said you know we look at directors just as much as directors look at yeah. us you know what That's i mean true. which i thought yeah. was a really yeah, interesting perspective. I'd never really thought of it that way. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's very true. That's kind of all we're doing. That's kind of yeah. all I ever do. Yeah, and you yeah. guys are you guys are all the same. Everyone, everyone <laughs> is the same. No, we're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're there's all the um, same if we just regurgitate shots over. And over. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> using that you know crazy side key these days and just yeah, just whatever. Side key. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I, side key. I do find this this weird um it's not weird weird was the wrong word to use but i find this very interesting um perspective in your work and mm. um anytime that i see uh you know whether it's a music video or commercial thing or whatever um i feel like i can i I'm pretty good at it, but I, th- I, th- I could tell that it's it's Stuart. I could tell it's you, um, mm. and I want to see if you feel that way. Do you feel like you you have in some way found the voice that you like to speak through, or you know? And I know a lot of that's a lot of intangible stuff of you know mm. the way that you like to set exposure and the way that you like to approach a room or, or approach a, a subject or whatever. But do you feel that way that you've kind of figure it out you know what you're not going to say and what you are going to say absolutely not okay <laughs> i don't i you know i i think that's I, I i it's nice to hear that that uh that you think that there's a a kind of um common thread in in things yeah. i personally don't um that's really interesting don't really feel that way i don't know yeah. I, th- I think that's actually something that i struggle with is is constantly trying to find my voice um i, I don't think i do i definitely don't think that i have my voice or that um that it is it's really there yet and i think that it's something that i'm constantly trying to find um and constantly really struggling with you know i, I don't think that it's um i don't think that it's there yet <laughs> yeah but you know, it's nice to. I guess it's nice to hear that there that there is a kind of common thread. Yeah, uh, you know, I think I'm, it's interesting. I think sometimes like 
directors often not hire you based on on that kind of that they're gonna they think that they're gonna get that result out of you and, and right. oftentimes they don't really understand that um so much of it is is the kind of way that you approach things and and the way that and their role in it you know right um yeah anyways yeah i i mean saying all that there is certain things um i don't know what it is man maybe it's maybe it's has something to do with your brother maybe like because you work a lot with your brother and but i don't know what technically what it is um Mm. but there's just like a a beautiful consistency to it and it's like not um it's very hard to you know you could watch you know the short film you did gang um and that's like a bunch of animals with cameras, you know, and then you have mm-hmm. the the OKKO video that's like so poised and so um, steady, you know. It's not handheld, really. I don't think there's any handheld in it, and there's it, but there's still like a similar feel and look to it that I can't really um, pinpoint. I'm trying to figure out if you could tell me, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe there just isn't uh, a way that you can. It's just the way that you. Um, your hands you know, kind of set the camera, you know? Yeah, I, don't, I think it's interesting also that you brought up those two projects specifically um, because those were two projects where I definitely felt um, the most connection with the subjects. Really? Um, and I think that that's, I think that's a huge, plays a huge, huge role in it. Um, and I think a lot of DPs kind of walk onto set. I mean, to be honest, I have no idea. I'm, I speaking out of my ass here because I don't know what a lot of DPs do. Sure. Um, but, you know, from what I hear, a lot of DPs, you know, can come on to set and they light things and they pick a frame and they and they shoot it and they let the director do the talking to the actors. and they. Um, but uh, I think um, for me, I don't really know how to do that. Um, hmm. And I think I, I, I place a huge amount of importance on... Um, my connection with the talent, uh, and and those two projects specifically, though, the, I, I found an incredibly deep connection with the talent. Um, yeah, which is you know probably obvious from just watching them because the talent in both those pieces is unbelievable. Right, um, and that connection yeah. that you're talking about is that um, obviously it's intentional, but are you doing taking practical steps to have that connection or is it just you know is it intangible is it just like a thing that just happened you know you know I think uh, it's interesting I think sometimes it naturally happens and sometimes it doesn't you know uh and and in those two it really did happen I think you know in other projects it's it's not necessarily something and usually what it is is it's usually commercial projects you know like I, I did this uh Smirnoff piece um in in London about these deaf dancers and while the talent was unbelievably um incredible there you know you're on a big set and there's lots of people looking at you and it's it's harder to really find that connection um Mm. in a natural way because you can't you know it's there's there's nothing natural about you know you know 10 grips standing around with big you know light putting up big lights and you know, you're sticking a big camera in their face for the first time and having never met them. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, and oftentimes they're real people. And so there's nothing natural about that, you know? And so, right. so when it comes to these like big commercial projects, I actually find myself having to, um, 
really strive to take steps towards uh, creating that connection with the talent. Um, and, and oftentimes that's just like me grinning like a fool behind the camera and yeah. making sure that I'm, you know, like oftentimes it's more, I feel like it's more important for the talent to see the fact that I'm smiling rather than um, to even look at the frame. Right. <laughs> you know, just like, like uh, oftentimes I won't even have my eyes on the, on the viewfinder. I'll just like be looking up at them and smile just cause you know, yeah. they want, they're uncomfortable and want to, you know, the only person who's looking at them through the camera is me and they want to make sure that they look good and yep. that they're doing it right. <laughs> so they need to, you know, have that, have that feeling. So I think I do, I think, you know, sometimes I do take steps towards it and other times it, it, it's a little bit more natural. Yeah. Do you feel yeah. like there was a project that you've that you've done so far that um, in your maybe not even um, had any sort of um, you know critical kind of acclaim I guess but just to you personally uh, is there a project that has um, kind of stuck with you on a personal level uh, and what and kind of why yeah I mean. Um... You know, you mentioned Gang, and I, I think Gang has um, definitely played a huge role in kind of um, in shaping my my kind of uh, I guess what I would want my voice to be. Um, hmm. It's you know, I think it's an intangible thing, and and I uh, I don't know. There there was something really. Sometimes there's just this kind of magic that happens. Um, and it's, and it's really hard to describe and, but there was really something magical when we were filming that. Um, and you know, every once in a while it happens on other projects as well, but, but that was, that was definitely a project that, that, that really stuck with me. Um, right. and still does, uh, you know, I don't, I honestly don't even really know. Um, I think, I think the reason why is just the connection that you have with the cast, you know? Yeah. Um, I actually, with uh, that same director, we did another project at the beginning of this year that I'm hoping is going to come out at some point. Um, but we, we filmed it in a similar way, but in a different city um, with different cast. And and uh, that's another project that, that it's not even out yet, and I've only seen rough cuts. But, um, you know, just the connection you have with the cast, I think, is what sticks with you. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and telling that story. Yeah. Yeah. We always kind of like to ask uh, if you'd have any advice for any um, young filmmakers or for cinematographers that are um, not quite doing commercials yet or not quite doing um, yeah. what they want to be doing, but yeah. what's some advice that you would give? Um. You know, I, I feel like oftentimes yeah, I, the question that I'm most asked from young DPs is um, what camera and what lenses you use. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, a you know, something that you just can't. Um, I, I feel like if, what, if I was going to tell them something, it would be it's not about that. And it's about um, going out and doing it, uh, you know, just going out and trying to tell stories. Uh, 
I wish I could give a better answer to this question. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Literally like a couple hours ago, uh, I got a text from an old friend of mine. He said, hey, I'm just starting to get into film. Oh <laughs> what, my camera God. Sh- what camera should I buy? Yeah. And I literally said, I get that text too. I said, don't. Don't. Don't do it. Yeah, don't <laughs> I do said, it. You should buy a 5D. Yeah. And uh, we were saving money. Yeah. And uh, learn how to do stuff with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, totally. You know, I think like the biggest thing really though is like I, I feel like I got really lucky because I don't naturally have a personality that can just go out and hustle. Yeah. That, that like most people have and uh, or not most people, but a lot of young filmmakers who are really hungry have. Um, and I, I, you know, I really had my brother who, who, pushed me and forced me to do things and, and really sold us and hustled. And, you know, I guess that if I could say something to young filmmakers, it's that like every single project you do is another chance to fail and to learn something and then to keep Hmm. trying, Yeah, you know? And, and like, I feel like you can just, like I've made so many shitty projects. <laughs> like yeah. I've made, you know, like I, obviously everyone only puts out what's on their site or what they they feel like speaks to them. But like we've all made such shitty projects. And like if anyone, like if you think anyone hasn't, then they're you know you're yeah. fooling yourself. Because let's do, let's do this. What we've never done this before. But I'll say one myself. I'll say my oh worst. Oh my god! But I want I want to hear. <laughs> Just the absolute shittiest <laughs> thing you've ever had to do. Okay, so first I will say this by but my, Ben Loeb, who I was saying before, uh, the DP. He yeah. he and I have a thing where we go where we go back and forth and show each other <laughs> uh, show each other bad projects. Yeah, and then or whenever we're having like a really shitty day on set or with like a really shitty job, we like go, we like console each other. Yeah, because you just need someone to like. You need someone who like yeah. can understand that. But I will. Okay, I'll go if you go. Who okay, goes first? You want me to go, I'll go first. I mean, I could. I could do this all night. Okay, <laughs> we'll just do one. We'll do one for tonight. Okay, we'll, cool. we'll to, yeah. Uh, my worst project. Hold on. Let me just go look. I have about sixty of them. Oh my god! Do you I'm have them on uh, your Vimeo? Well, I never get rid of anything on Vimeo. Okay, so you so have it on private. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, see, I just like let it fall into the world no. and never forget. <laughs> I like never think about it ever again. Okay, the absolute worst thing I ever did was um, I think I've been making films for about two or three years, and um, I got approached by. I was living in Dallas at the time. I got approached by a local rapper. Uh, let's just save the last till the end because it's really great. Uh, I got approached by a local rapper wanting me to do his music video. As cliche as that sounds, I did the music video. And he said, you could do whatever whatever you want, and this is the song that we're doing. And I actually, at the time, thought the song was really cool. It was kind of like, it was when, like, uh, dang it, what's the guy, the rapper's name? Mac Miller was, like, really, you know, cool at the time. Um, and it was kind of Mac Miller-ish. I was like, man, this could be cool. Let's, let's do this thing. And I came up with this horrific idea to, uh, I won't even try to, there was no real storyline, but basically I was going to shoot this, you know, like a day in the life of this guy, but I was going to, we were going to play it in reverse. So like all of these things were like, 
you know, that just sounds like a, such a, a stupid, like cool idea at the time. Right. Um, right. Let's just have like a, let's do all these cool kind of camera tricks that like look great in reverse. Um, and, uh, I, we get there on the set and he says, Hey dude, um, like you can shoot whatever you want, but I just prefer if you stay at least five feet away from me. Whoa. What? Like he, he was like very <laughs> self-conscious about his face. Okay. And I was like, okay, well you chose the wrong career one, but yeah. all right, I'll, I'll do that for you. And so I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't shoot any close-ups all day. Um, and every, all my camera gear just broke. I was, I like borrowed like a, like a Ronin or something like that. Maybe, no, it was before Ronin's. Maybe it was like a, like a glide cam or something. Uh, borrowed a glide cam, thought I was big shit, and just everything just went terribly. And uh, a couple years ago, I, I had to share uh, Jared, who does the show with us, uh, the music video, and he just he didn't say anything afterwards. It was the most demoralizing <laughs> thing. He literally, I said, "Hey, just watch this," and he just he never responded. It was the worst thing. Oh man. But um, you know what? It's like at least you set out to do something that was like, all right, like you set out to try this <laughs> thing. Like I'm going to, you know, film things backwards. And yeah. Like, you know, you learned your lesson. Yeah. That's a stupid idea for <laughs> anybody who's stupid. listening. <laughs> let other people on YouTube do that, not yeah. you. Um, all right. I don't know. You know, like I feel like my list could go on and on, but I'll just say like, straight up that one of my very first commercial jobs after being signed mm -hmm. was a dentures commercial. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I bet it paid really well. It, you know, whatever. it was like did. commercial. It was like, whatever. I was like yeah. I, at the time I was like, what? This is crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was a dentures commercial and it was mostly, um, older couple it might as well have been like a viagra commercial uh -huh. um, were they just making out the whole time they weren't making out but it was just like all the kind of typical like old people like you know dancing and yeah and doing, you know whatever anyways yeah life and, is beautiful and i actually like like to be completely honest thought that it was a pharmaceutical company a pharmaceutical commercial the entire time <laughs> until afterwards <laughs> I looked up the brand and realized that it was Dentures. <laughs> uh, Could you tell me who directed it? No way. Okay. No was it somebody that we would know? Um, maybe. Was it your no, brother? No, no, it was not okay. my brother. Um, <laughs> although it would be awesome to shoot a Dentures yeah. commercial with my brother. I'd be down to do that. Um, but to be honest, that list could just go on. I feel like it's like, you know. There are some DPs who it's like on Instagram. It's like they're doing the coolest stuff all the time, and right. maybe they are. Maybe I'm just like, maybe I'm not that person. But you know, it's like we all. We, the truth is, to all the young people out there who look at that and think that that's real, we all do bad work all the time too. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's, that's okay. some great advice right there. That's probably the yeah. best thing you said all episode. <laughs> Thanks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> really. bit, yeah. Yeah, Stuart, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. Yeah, man, it's my pleasure. Um, it was like a total honor. I hope that I could impart even like the smallest amount of wisdom to people. No, I think you will, for sure. <laughs> oh, this episode of Good was mixed by Christian Stropko, or as we like to call him, Christian number two. 
As always, our music today was created by Cubby. That's Cubby with two Bs, and you can check out more of his music at CubbySounds.com. Also, The Season of Good is produced by our new friend, Mary Taylor, who'd also like to say something. We did it. 100,000 all-time listens. To find out more info about today's episode, make sure to go to goodthepodcast.com. Mm-hmm.